Bulls Gold is delivered to you via the Barroom Network, now in its seventh year of providing podcasts about Chicago sports, movies, and more. Make sure to subscribe to the Barroom Network for free and easy downloads of its programming. And visit its merchandising store at deepdishtees.com to purchase t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs. Now, on with the show. And as always, I'm joined by Ever Shield Jr. Hey, Ed, how's it going? Hey, I'm good. Uh, we were just talking about how uh, the Bulls' season has been a tale of two seasons. So, uh, it, what started out as one of the funnest Bulls seasons in a minute kind of went south really quickly. But uh, everything's still been good, man. How about you? Yeah, not bad. Like, everything, and, you know, <laughs> you and I have been talking about the last few episodes, like, we know we're doing well personally, but like the Bulls just yeah, they can't yeah. seem, to, I, <laughs> seem to do anything right out there. Yeah. Uh, looking, they're looking like the team that everyone, like all the haters and naysayers, were predicting uh, them <laughs> to look like. Uh, obviously, a lot of different variables involved in that, but yeah, uh, yeah it was just it was just frustrating. You know, glad that they were able to keep that. Uh, you know, avoid the plan and keep that sixth spot at least, so that way they can at least experience their first playoff. Uh, and obviously, uh, Zach get his first experience in playoff. But you know, we'll we'll get into all that. Um, well, a lot to talk about, obviously. And joining us from basketballnews.com, where he covers the in- NBA in general, uh, one of our favorite guests, Mark Schindler. Mark, how are you doing, man? Thank you so much for always taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us. Well, I appreciate the kind of intro as always. Uh, I'm psyched to be back and, and hang out with you guys for a little bit. Um, I, I have a lot of things to say about the Bulls, so I'm actually really glad Uh-oh. you guys have me on ever since I – not, not uh, in that way. Like, I don't know. I, think just a, I sometimes can be a little bit annoying in how nuanced I can be at times, but I do think we need to set the record straight on some things. But uh, I'm, I'm excited to dive in. Thanks for having me on. Look, we've, we've yeah. already had everyone calling us fraud boys and all this other stuff on Twitter for, like, months now, man. Like, don't beat us while we're down. <laughs> well, I, I can launch into it as, as long as it won't like ruin your uh, your 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 outline. Hey, look, you can do whatever you like. I mean, the Bulls have ruined a lot for us this post All Star, oh, so man. we're we're all we're we could take whatever you got for us. But yeah, yeah let, let's talk about their post All Star. So I'll, I'll, I'm gonna rattle off some numbers here for you. Mm-hmm. Um, record was eight and fifteen. Uh, they're on off defensive rating that was 25th in the league both on offense and defense um net rating negative 7.1 so they to say the least that they struggled they did really bad like especially with the schedule getting hard going up against those top teams in the east and the west they couldn't beat any of those teams a lot of times it's just effort just wasn't there i mean a lot of people you know we, we talk about injuries for sure that played into it, not having Lonzo, a lot of the things that the Bulls like to do defensively with Lonzo and um, Caruso 
uh, with Car- obviously Lonzo being gone and Caruso just not being himself coming off the long layoff and the injuries and other little, you know, nagging injuries popping up from just because he hadn't played in such a long time. Zach's knee being a problem. So he went from essentially being like an all NBA level guard mm-hmm. to at times borderline all-star some nights just because we didn't, we didn't know how his knee would act up on certain games. But like in general though, like I said, their effort at times was just, was not really all there. Like you can talk about not having talent, but your effort, there's no excuse to not show up to games and be ready to play. So Mike, when you, I'm, I'm sure you've watched a lot of bulls games, this post all-star um, like you always watch a lot of NBA teams play. What is your general assessment on watching them at, as they got in, you know, into all the struggles uh, and they're battling through all those different uh, scenarios and things that we talked about. Yeah. I think what's so difficult with this, this bulls team um, is, like when we see teams, I'm saying peak early almost sound. It is unfair because the injuries happen. Like I do think this team was headed for, I mean, pretty much locking themselves into a top three seed before those injuries happen. Uh, like last time I talked to you guys, they were playing fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what what became difficult is that intensity didn't go away um, immediately. Like I think it just happened over a gradual time once those two, once Lonzo and, and Alex went out and six and. Uh, you know, within like the same week of each other. Um, like, I think that, you know, you still saw guys trying to make second and third closeouts, but it just became apparent after a while, like, oh, hey, this is not fucking working. <laughs> um, and I, I don't want to just say that it's defensive apathy, but I do think it kind of got to that to a degree. And that's, to me, it's leaked over offensively as well. I think part of it, like missing Alex and Lonzo, it's so painful too, because of what you miss on the other end. Like, I, I think, one of the other issues, it's not creating advantages, but it's just finishing them outside of, you know, three main guys. And even then with Vooch, it's, it depends on the night. But, um, like, if Kobe's not hitting his shots, then it, I mean, is what I'm sure we'll talk about. Like, then it's yeah. kind of like, well, what are we doing here? Um, as much as Javante was important for doing anything defensively, okay, well, if he's not able to find a lane to cut baseline or, you know, you find a 45 cut, then he's just getting completely sagged off of and left alone. Um so hitting hitting shots has been such a huge issue too, especially for a team that doesn't take a lot of them uh, from deep. Like um, having just really inconsistent role players has has really hurt the team too. But I mean, I was going back and watching back the the Bucks game um, to prep for this, and like it just stands out how different the defensive communication is. Um, like I, I put up a clip on Twitter, and like it's a okay defensive possession. Um, like they actually get a stop. I think it lasts like 14 or 15 seconds, but like there's multiple like kind of lethargic slash late closeouts. You can tell the backline communication isn't great because they're not getting called out. Like the rotations are still happening, but they're not happening at the same like lightning pace that they did earlier this season. Cause like as soon as somebody would leak over, so like just in, in looking at, at the Bucks game, like obviously the Bulls were as soon as Giannis was posting up or attacking off the catch, they would send help. Um, and the help will get there in time, great. But there's no pre-rotation on the back end. So then as soon as the ball starts getting kicked, like part of the idea of having a pre-rotation is that you can set up so that the guy who went and helped can get back in position onto – normally it's going to be like off a peel switch or something um, so that you're not out of position and that you do stifle the offensive possession. But the problem is the switches – I mean not switches, the, the rotations are happening – like a half beat late. And as long as the ball gets kicked out in time, like you're just, then you're, 
you're chasing the ball all over the perimeter. And that's just been the constant issue for this team right now. Um, and I think I'm hopeful that, and, and we'll get into it too. Like, I'm just hopeful that, you know, having a week and, and a half off can, can be in some ways, I think that's almost what this team really needs because I don't know what else can really jumpstart them. But uh, yeah, I mean, to me, that's a lot of what I've seen. Just um, that that's, that's definitely been pretty, pretty damn rough for them on that end. Yeah. I think uh, uh, to add to your, uh, answer there it's kind of they also folded a little bit and and like when one mistake would happen like they would have a series of of good like rotations even at times when they were struggling defensively but that one mistake would happen and that everyone else would just it would just be like a domino um no one everyone would forget to rotate everyone would make a mistake here or there um i don't know if you saw like for example uh will gottlieb uh, shared that one clip and there was it was basically uh, the the Bulls got to stop, and the obviously the Bucks missed they missed their shot. Zach instead of boxing out decided to leak out onto the break. Poor Iowa was left alone trying to rebound. Tristan Thompson, I mean, rightly so, got frustrated, but it probably wasn't the best moment to start yelling at Zach about leaking out. And then Vooch just got confused too, and everyone just stopped moving. And then the Bucks got an easy layup. They got the rebound, easy layup. So kind of like that, just everything is falling apart when one person makes a mistake, like stuff like that. It's just been like ongoing occurrence. Yeah, no, one hundred percent, man. Have you have you ever seen anything like this where a team starts off so hot and then? when they start facing a lot of these like comparable teams, like, cause it, it, again, we were talking about, you were talking about how this team was a lock for a top three seed. And we were like, yeah, like they, they're maybe they're not as good as Milwaukee, but man, they could give them a punch or two. Like maybe they're not as good as Philly, but you know, in a series, maybe they could keep it close. But when they played these teams, they were just getting killed. And like, like you look at all of these scores and they're getting killed by like, 10 15 20 points after looking so good earlier in the season and, and we know there's a bunch of different variables around that but like what do you think about how this team has looked against really good competition and how do you see that playing out in the playoffs like do you think maybe what we saw in the regular season is more of an exaggeration potentially and that they can play better or do you think this is kind of what we're going to see for the most part uh yeah i think i've learned my lesson with definitives after like a year or two ago where i was like pretty clearly out on the heat and then they just blew me away um so <laughs> i i don't I, I don't know like i think i've gone into this just trying to have a little bit more of an open mind and knowing that things could change up um i do think like i don't really see the bulls winning the series like that's yeah. not news really but right. i do think that i do think it is possible they could take a game or two um again a lot of it's going to be how crisp your rotations are like actually it's kind of funny because vooch gave the bucks some problems um i think two years ago two yeah it was two years ago before they won their title um in the first round with orlando um i mean they're going like the way that the bucks are going to play defense especially with brooke back like we've seen how they play um they're going to drop and recover. So like anytime that there's any kind of attempt to get interior penetration on a ball screen or just at all, Brooke is going to, is going to peel back as, as the ball handler fights over the screen to, to force inside of the paint Help's going to come at the nail too. Uh, the ball is going to come wide back to Vooch wide open at the top. And like, 
I want to say in that first game, that first uh, first game against Orlando, he hit like five or six threes or something like that. Obviously, we know he hasn't. I mean, he has not. He, he's really struggled to find a rhythm, a rhythm, especially outside the corners this year. Um, so I'm interested to see what that looks like because, I mean, if he is, let's say that he really does find a groove and he shoots like 40 percent above the break on pick and pop threes, then we're talking about a slightly different series because him being able to. Like, I don't think that the defense is necessarily going to come out and actually play him because it's just the, that's that's going to be the shot that they're probably going to be willing to give up most of the time because it's better than, you know, giving Zach or DeMar a wide-open attempt at the rim. But um, I do think, like, I don't always love chalking up to shot variance, but, like, guys making shots does make a big difference, especially when we're looking at a smaller sample size. Um, one thing I'm really interested by, too, um, is going to be what Caruso looks like. Because like you guys mentioned, mm-hmm. he has not really looked like himself. Like, I do think he's he's had good moments defensively, but offensively, he hasn't quite been there. Um, and I think they're going to – I mean, not, I think, like, uh, and we know we're, they're going to need him to be there. And I think I would I – would, I would, last thing I would hit on, too, like, there's a million ways it could go, but Kobe being who he was a couple months ago would be immense. Like, that was a guy who looking, like, you know, two months ago, I was like, Kobe White could change the playoff series. And um, I can look at him now and also say, yeah, Kobe White could change the playoff. <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's just kind of the difficulty of being a combo guard in some ways. Like, I, I do think, like, like we've, we've talked about on the pod before, like, he's gotten better defensively, but it's still not to the level where, like, okay, if you're out there and you're not hitting any shots, you're super viable. Like, he can do some things as a, as a playmaker. That's, it's like, he's gotten better on interior reads and whatnot. But still, like, he's a guy who got drafted to be a scorer. He found his role as a catch and shoot guy and something that he struggled with in his rookie year. So like um, if he can be impactful in that way, like, like we talked about earlier with, you know, often having guys in the slot or in the corner who aren't able to hit shots or are going to get sagged off of if Kobe can be a guy that can hang out there, because I do think there might be some, some matchups and lineups in the series where he could do that. um, Then that could be huge because like just having somebody who's capable of doing some stuff off the dribble and, and keeping possessions going or finishing them would be instrumental. Yeah. I think with Kobe, the biggest thing is his shooting, like kind of when his go- that goes away, that kills the bulls. Cause bulls don't have a lot of shooting as is. Mm-hmm. And then when he's missing like wide open threes, a lot of times what teams end up doing, they obviously they've been trapping Demar and Zach a lot, but then other things that t- teams have been doing is, essentially packing the paint for boot uh sorry not boot for demar because demar likes to you know work that mid-range area a lot that's mo- that's majority shots i mean if you look at a lot all of the stats out there he's like by far leading the league in that in that two point you know field, field goal attempts um so a lot of times when like i said when when kobe is not being that release valve that making defenses pay defense can just focus in on and keep doing those little things like packing the paint, trapping Zach and uh, DeMar and getting away with it, essentially. And then when, like you said, defensively, he's not bringing much outside of that. So it becomes to a point for Billy. He's like, okay, why am I playing him at this point? Like, what's if you're not going to do what we need you to do, uh, we're just kind of wasting our time out here, and I should probably go elsewhere. And I think that's why his minutes have been a little bit more erratic since Caruso has come back as well. Even uh. Even Io too, like Io has not been shooting as well yeah. post All Star break, which is even worse. Yeah, so we like when when Caruso and Ball went down, the things that were saving the Bulls at the time were 
Kobe was making threes, and like you said, Mark, he was playing, like, respectable team defense. Not enough, like, individually to be great, but, like, you could put him on the floor and he wasn't killing you. And Io was killing it on both sides of the ball. And then it just dropped off now. So, and even in, like, since Caruso's comeback, he hasn't really been, like, shooting the ball well either. So it's just, you you really don't know what you're, well, you know what you're going to get from the Bulls shooting-wise. They're not going to make <laughs> many threes, but yeah. the percentages have been just day and night since when they last had their really good, like, hot kind of streak. Right, and and to to kind of get back to a point about their their effort, I wanted to ask your thoughts on this because you, a lot of people wonder who who's to blame for that. Like a lot of Bulls fans, um, not myself and Ed, not myself and Ed included, but are starting to point fingers at Billy's. Like Billy's not doing the right things. Why is this team not coming out prepared? Uh, you know, the other day he actually had a quote where it was kind of a weird quote to hear uh, him say at this late in the season. I don't know if he was just trying something new because all the other criticism he was giving them, but he's like, you know, I we went over the defensive set, but, you know, it was my, my mistake. On, I didn't do a good enough job, you know, explaining, uh, teaching it to them or whatever he have you um, after a tough loss. And I was just like, whoa, that's a crazy quote for a coach to say at this in the season. Um, and I was just trying to, you know, t- I was talking to uh, a mutual friend of ours later. I was like, dude, that's a crazy quote, right? And he's like, yeah, but he, he, like, you know, they're saying he might be, he might be changing up like how he's approaching uh, coaching them because he's like, okay, what I'm doing isn't working. Maybe if I try to take some heat off of them, put it on me, maybe that'll help. Like, what are your thoughts in that regards? And in particular, that quote, and then just. Like, who to blame? Like, who's necessary to blame when the team is just constantly coming out unprepared? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure coaching is a big part of it, but it's hard to um, just because, you know, I'm not inside the locker room, so I don't I don't really know entirely what to what to look at. But I think it is tough, too, because, yeah, I, I'm sure, like, Billy definitely deserves some blame here. But just in all honesty, like, multiple guys who are really communicative, especially on defense earlier in the season, like, it just hasn't been there, um, to be frank. Like, Mars defense was passable at the beginning of the year. I thought it was the best defense he played in a couple of years, and that went away. Like, as awesome as he's been as a shot maker and, and doing things that the teams really needed from him in the half court, like, his defense has been piss poor in 2022. Um, and I I don't know. So that part is tough. Um, I think with Vooch, like, I still think Vooch gets shit on too much sometimes from the fan base. Yeah. But – like even watching him, like there are times where he just like blatantly won't call out screens. And like, you could tell, like I was again, going back and watching that, that Bucks game, like Caruso gets absolutely erased by a back screen. And he, as uh-huh. soon as the possession, as soon as the ball goes in the basket, like he looks right at Vooch and you can tell he's getting at him for it. Like, and that's just the kind of stuff where I'm like, Vooch is capable of calling it out. Like we've seen him do it before. And that's what makes this more frustrating. And I think that's, what's harder about um, being a team that does find, your your bread and butter so early in the season because then when you hit a point where you're just kind of like well yeah we can get back to it at some point or like maybe uh, i don't know like i've never coached before or at least not at like a high level so it's you know like you get to a point where it's just you know you, you you don't quite know what's missing and um i don't really have a full answer like it feels like there's multiple things missing but i i'm, I'm sure coaching definitely plays a part of it yeah i i agree with you i think that 
while Billy absolutely isn't perfect, but I feel like there's only so many things you can control when everything is just falling down, like one by one, when you have injuries, players just kind of like declining and like DeMar's still been great, but like he's having to do like having to be like a hero for the entire season is just a lot. So I feel like there's only so much he can control. And, you know, I, I, I don't think he's really responsible for the decline that we've seen. Well, it's tough too because it brings up another thing. Um, like I think some people could could look at him and be frustrated that they didn't really try and um, mix in more defenses when mm-hmm. things started to fall apart. Like that is one thing that I guess you could point out and be like, well, you know, they haven't really tried to mix things up. They haven't tried to find something new. Um, but then again, again, like it, that's part of the difficulty of finding something early. Like how how do you go from being top five in, in offense and defense and then just saying, well, yeah, we're going to completely change up everything we're doing. Like, A, that's really tough to do in season. Hmm. B, like, I don't know, that's just got to be really – it sounds minute, but that's got to be really hard morally as a player. Like, you hit a losing streak, and then it's like, well, we're going to just completely reshift what we're doing because it's not working anymore. Like, that would be a lot. I, I, hmm. So, I don't know. Like, again, that, that I, I, that's definitely part of coaching and, and could be on coaching for sure. But, um, like, after you spend an entire offseason, like, putting a package together – that's what the roster is built for. It's just, I mean, what else are you supposed to do? Do you go into like, all right, we're going to play Vooch in, in a strict drop and um, which he's, he's not like terrible at, but like, I do think it's hard because then you don't have the same level of defenders that you necessarily need to hold up and drop. And it's just, um, it becomes like a whole microcosm. It's like, okay, well, if we do switch up, is it going to actually be any better? And like, um, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that people don't think that stuff through, but it's like, once you actually do sit down and think about it, you're like, oh, yeah, okay. It's a lot harder to just, like, be like, yeah, we're going to change up everything we're doing and, and see if that does anything. Yeah, it's it's, it's tough. Like, I, I always also wonder, like, it, it, it could have, like, maybe, like, when I get to my most negative thoughts, like, could they be kind of tuning Billy out at times? It's because it's like, like, I'm trying to find an answer here. Like, like we've talked about it being, like, a night and day situation where, you know, you, you said, like, they're both – they were top five offense defense and then all of a sudden like yeah we we talked about it. we've had injuries we've missed various players but to go that south it's just like man that's there's something else missing here it almost feels like uh, it's been kind of like a head scratching it's been very head scratching to see how like complete opposite that they've been compared to what they were in the beginning of the season yeah, I mean, I feel like they really missed the pace that they had to like not the, mm-hmm. they weren't normally like just pushing it off of off of rebounds, but like they were so good at first forcing turnovers like that was right. a lot of what set them up. Um, I feel like part of I mean, like they they had a stretch where they really found themselves in the half court and were just like killing people in the half court, but they've kind of devolved down into ISO ball a little bit more recently which I haven't loved. And I think part of that has been they're getting into their, their, their sets later. Um, like I feel like AO, not AO, IO hasn't really brought up the ball as much as he previously had, which part of it, like I wrote about that earlier this year. I really liked how they did that because if you, especially when you have guys on the, on the floor who aren't going to be treated as shooters, if you can do something like having IO bring up the ball and, and forcing him to be guarded because he's going to be part of an action. Um, like it makes it harder to defend Zach and DeMar. Um, but at the same time, like we've seen a lot more of Zach and, and DeMar walking the ball off the court. And 
not that it's always like that, but like, I mean, just clearly looking at like pre and post all-star break stuff, like the pace has died down quite a bit. And I do think that has really hurt them because they were getting like, you know, just 10 or 12 easy points a night off runouts or, or something in transition. And I, again, I think they really missed that. So kind of transition, like kind of shifting into like uh, talking about the series and you know, all of us agree that they don't really have a shot at winning this, uh, maybe a game, you know, if we're feeling nice about it, but what type of a like what type of Bulls team do you ultimately expect to see when they come out in the playoffs? Like, do you expect it to see some adjustments like what you just talked about with Io? Do you expect maybe less hero ball? Like, do you expect maybe Vooch to maybe kind of get it together? I, I think, like we were saying, this week off might have been beneficial, at least in terms of being more competitive. But, you know, that remains to be seen. But what do you kind of expect to see from this Bulls team when you look at how they match up with Milwaukee? So I think the, the way that I'm trying to look at it is I'm just hopeful that they will have the same intensity that they had earlier in the year um, because they need it. Otherwise, this is going to be a very, uh, very quick series. Um, I do think there are some things that they can do. Like I really have liked some of the stuff we've seen from Pat Will. Mm-hmm. Um, like obviously you have to take it with a grain of salt because the season – uh, it, it always gets wonky towards the end, but um, I do think he prevents some, provides some stuff lineup versatility wise and just matchup wise. That's, that's more intriguing to me um, than what it could have been uh, without him. So I think that'll be interesting. Um, I, I mean, in terms of what else to expect, like, I, I don't think Bill, like, I think Billy's a good coach. Like, obviously, like, I think he's really good at game planning and knows how to get his, his stuff going. Um, I'm really interested to see, how they try and find ways to attack the, the Bucks defense. Cause I do think there are ways to um, like part of it that's difficult though, is not having the shooters makes it tough. Hmm. Um, but if the Bucks do go to some of their, some of their lineups, like one, like their triple big lineup that they like to run with Giannis at the three, Bobby Portis at the four and Brooke at the five, which they haven't run a ton, but they've run it a decent amount since Brooks come back. Um, I'm really interested to see, if they're still willing to go small with that, because I have not liked, we haven't seen like a ton of it, but we have seen like some of Tristan and, and Vooch playing together. And I just never want to see that. Like, yeah. I don't think yeah. that it, it looked good. I don't think that like, obviously, you know, <laughs> Billy knows more than me, but like I'm at the point where I think it would be just better to try and stay small than to actually try and size up with them. Because like, I do think Tristan has been fine enough as a backup, but like, those two together is just, just does not work for me. Um, especially with like if Vooch was getting guarded out to three, that's one thing. But when Vooch is already like just getting sagged off of, um, that just no, it's a, it is too tough like that. So I I can't get there. Yeah, so definitely agree with you there. Like I mean, I I prefer Tristan just strictly back up Vooch. Um, you know, give us like 10, 15 minutes off the bench in that regards. Um, but get a little more into Pat Williams. Like, do you think it's, it's about time, like, Billy probably starts him? Um, obviously, you talked about, like, what he, what he's done. I want to say, like, last five out of six games, like, we've really seen Pat do a lot of good things out there. Um, obviously, he's not only uh, defensively, he's shown a lot of good help side, weak side uh, rotations, uh, especially when you have a guy like Vooch out there who – probably needs a little bit of help in the backside, especially when not uh, times on our point of attack defense kind of breaks down. It's good to have that because Booch can only do so much. He's not going to be able to cover a lot of ground. 
So it helps when having a guy like Pat in the back kind of being that, um, you know, rim protector, if you will, in those situations. Um, and then his sh- shooting obviously has been really, like, really nice as well. He's been hitting his three-point shots. He's been overall aggressive as far as even creating his own offense. Like against Minnesota in particular, granted, it wasn't exactly against Minnesota's A-team. Um, I mean, they were playing some solid players still, and he was creating his body control, everything that he had, and then he was, like driving to the baskets. It was, it was just like, oh, my God, this is like the Pat we saw in that dry pickup uh, when they were doing like before his rookie season. Uh, I was like, man, this is this is like, like I hope we see this guy more often. Um, so, like I said, yeah, going in the pad, like, do you think Philly should finally start him? And then, do you also foresee like what do you like what do you think like he can really do in the playoffs in general? Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to have to start him. Honestly, like, I don't know how they can't, um, just because they don't really have anybody else who I would be comfortable matching up with Giannis, even if it is just for the starting lineup for the before the first substitution, like I would guess that they're going to be pretty close to matching minutes. Like um, just because like, all right, if, if Pat is not out there, who else is out there that's going to be taking on the honest matchup? Like for sure, you can have moments where like maybe there's a switch or something and you know, help's going to come. So you're, you're okay leaving somebody on an Island for half a second. Like I know they switched Caruso a couple of times onto, onto Giannis and, and let help come but at the same time what makes it tough is like you can't really afford to to let anybody get into foul trouble because there's not a lot of big depth on the team so like if Vush gets into foul trouble like that which for the most part we know that's not really an issue for him because he's not going to jump so we don't have to worry about it (laughs) but like even like if Tristan gets into foul trouble like you're kind of like well what do we do here like I I don't think you're gonna have to worry too much about Tristan fouling out of a game but uh, just because he's not going to play enough minutes to. But, like, again, if Pat gets into foul trouble, that's tough. So it makes it harder to be like, yeah, we're just going to have a matchup with Giannis the whole time. Um, and obviously, you know, he's not defending him just straight up one-on-one. Like you mentioned, like, help's going to come. But um, I do think he's really important. Like like we talked about earlier, I think him being not even just aggressive and finding his own shot, because that's what's been better. Like, I think the first week, week and a half, he looked like he was still trying to find his place on the team, you know, how to flow within the offense, how to, um, you know, pick his spots. And I think, again, like you mentioned, granted that the last, uh, you know, last month of the regular season is wonky, but like from like the Washington game on, I thought that he was really starting to pick his spots well and finding just ways to, to, to move within the offense. I do still think he can like, I, like he's obviously a high field player, but I think he can like hold the ball for half a beat still because he's just trying to, you know, you can tell that he's thinking it through, but um, I do think like him just being a somebody who the, the defense might be punished by by not guarding in the slot or in the corner like that's important like having him able to do that is huge um, I mean he's capable if he's capable of hitting those shots and he's capable of moving the ball and, and driving too like that's essential um, and I think like I mean yeah he's he's just huge for them too. And I think on the glass as well is really big. Like we know this team has rebounding problems. The Bucs are a very good rebounding team. So that makes it, um, that makes it harder, uh, especially with the sizes they're going to play with. Um, but I do think Pat at his best is able to bring more on the glass. I think it's going to be really important for the team. Um, but obviously it all starts defensively for me. Like, I don't, I don't care how much he does or doesn't score. Like, I think so much is going to be like, can he, it's not even about limiting Giannis. It's more just about like, can you force people who aren't Giannis to, 
to make things happen, um, which I think he's going to be capable of doing. Uh, but um, we'll see, man. What's what's your prediction ultimately for the series? Uh, I think I would probably go Bucks in five. Uh, I partially want to say Bucks in five and a half because I still don't trust their defense a ton. Like I think that they can really ramp things up on that end, but I also think that I still feel like they're just searching for things at times. But knowing them, they're going to probably be very locked in and, and ramped up for this this playoff series. But also, like part of the, just let me go on a quick rant really quick. <laughs> go I'll, ahead. I'll I am really frustrated with, and this is not me trying to dump on Bulls fans, but just people people in general and also Bulls fans for getting so down on this team. Like I understand how frustrating it is to see them. <laughs> where they're at now compared to where they were in the regular earlier in the season. And I wrote about this a little bit recently, but like this shit happens, man. Like it's, it's not easy um, to see a team go from being like, looking like they could be a real second round plus playoff team to to falling down to this, but like injuries happen. And that's what, what separates the good teams from the great teams is teams that are, are, are able to fight through having injuries out. And again, like, I think even that belittles it because this isn't a team that has a 1A superstar that you can really afford to, okay, if you're missing your second or third best player, it's not like you can really just fight through that. Like this was a team that was very much so, um, you know, reliant on having a really great five-man lineup. Um, I also think like I've been frustrated with some of the takes like, oh, you know, like the Vooch trade was a mistake, this and that. Like, oh God, I know Vooch has been tough, <laughs> yeah. but like he has been instrumental in what they've done. This team is much worse without having Vooch. And I think it's important to recognize too, is what like I just, I mean, I interviewed Wendell recently and talked with him and he pretty much said himself, like, I would not be the player I am today if I hadn't been traded. Like, I think like, just, it's not just a one-to-one thing where like, if, oh, if they had Wendell in the, in the pick, then they're probably even better now. Like, okay, maybe Lonzo doesn't want to come to Chicago if Vooch isn't there and they show that they're committed to winning now. Um, maybe Zach gets pissed off and wants out because they're not committed to them winning now. Like, so much of this is like it's never just like you can do some like reverse domino effect shit. Like, um, I do think this season has been a really positive step forward. And obviously, it's it's been a bittersweet ending, but um, I do think like I'm I'm really excited to see what they do in the off season and for next year because they still have a, a decent amount of flexibility, even if it doesn't look like it from the outside looking in. Uh, yeah, it's like it's like the butterfly effect. Like you can't you can't just yeah just, it's not gonna just completely <laughs> yeah. be the same because. You just you decided to reverse it. Like that's not how it works. And and I'll say this, and then a lot of people fans are are like like oh we missed out on Franz Wagner. And look, I love Franz. He's look he's looked really really good. Um, but I'll also say Larry looked really really good his first year too. So <laughs> I don't like to like you know the Bulls are in a different spot now. I I'm not saying Franz is going to be going the same path as Larry did. I'm just showing an example. Like we've seen rookies have really good years, but then you know development isn't linear, right? Sometimes things happen that changes for one reason or another that they don't have the same development curve that you thought they might have. So mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, you know, like like you've said, like Wendell probably isn't the same. Who knows what Franz will turn into one day? Yeah. Let's let's visit that down the line and let's. Let's call Orlando winning this trade when they actually start winning games. Like, <laughs> like you can't predict. Hey, we won this trade. Like, dude, you guys won eighteen games this year. Relax. Dude, just maybe yeah, if you it, make it, the playoffs. It, like, sorry, I'm just saying. No, like, maybe if you make the playoffs, then you can say, you know what, Wendell Franz and the twenty third pick is a big reason why we're in the playoffs. And so, yeah, 
we won this trade. But till then, it's like, look, you need to actually do something with those assets before you can claim victory. Uh, like, yeah, and I think my thing too is it's just sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Like, uh, no, no, you're it's, good. It's just uh, it's really easy to get wrapped up in one singular season and where it's headed or what it where it looks like where it's headed and feel like that's you know definitely that's my new. Um, I mean, I do think I will view this trade differently probably if they don't make moves in the off season but also right. i mean we're talking about this 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 front office group came in a year ago and and i mean not a year ago like a year and a half two years ago um and was aggressive as aggressive as they have shown already like i i'm pretty confident that they're going to make moves this offseason again if they don't i will think differently but at the same time like i do think that things are going to change they're going to try and position themselves better. Do I think that it makes them like an automatic title contender or anything? No, but like, I do think to go from where this team was like just two years ago to where they are now is, is pretty astounding. Like it's a, it, it is a good leap. I definitely want to see more, but um, you know, I, it, I do, I do think there should be a decent amount to feel good about as a Bulls fan. I'm so glad you said that Wendell told you that he would not be the same player can I just say, Wendell's like so, one of the greatest people I've ever talked. I love he's, Wendell. He's so, yes. Like, I love he's, Wendell. He's great. Like, I, I'm always been a Wendell fan. And like, yeah, I would love to have Wendell. So like, just personally, because I'm a fan of his, I love the kid. I think he does have a good future, but we like both I thought said, he'd it, be good. Like we both, yeah. but it was just like, he was so up and down in Chicago and it was clear that he really did need a change of scenery. So like when Mark says that, it's just like, yeah, like, cause we were talking about that in the episode after betrayed like how man Wendell getting away from like chicago and all that like buzz and attention he's gonna go to orlando where it ain't that much there like he can just focus on ball improving and he'll be just he'll be locked in and that's is what has happened so it's just like it, it like y'all were gonna say it's it's not a but like it's it's a butterfly like you can't just say oh you know Wendell in Orlando would be the same Wendell in Chicago. We had just kept him, and then of course we would have take, taken Franz Wagner, and then we would have made every single move that we made, and then got everything right. Like it just doesn't work like that. Like it's just so annoying. Like I feel like Bulls fans always have like this scenario, like a different scenario each season where they just go off on like a tangent of moves that they could have made that would have turned them into this unstoppable team, and it's just like, but it doesn't work like that. And every every singular person, one singular person has to be the scapegoat. Like every year, it is something. Like well, last year, Wendell. Like literally, last year Wendell was the scapegoat uh, for all their issues. And then this year, it's Wooch. Uh, you know, it's just various different things. But before we let you go, Mark, I do want to get your thoughts on on the playoffs in general. Um, how how do you? Would it like some matchups via teams that you're looking forward to seeing? And uh, like, yeah, what what are you looking forward to as far as the playoffs? And what do you think will end up happening as far as each conference is concerned? Yeah, no, that's a good question, man. I mean, I'm I'm really excited for like kind of every series, honestly, which sounds it sounds like, <laughs> but it's true. Like, um, I'm interested to see how the playoffs play in goes. Like, uh, Minnesota and LA tonight. I, I'm really stoked for that game. Right. Um. But as far as things, how they're going to go, like, I I don't know. I think I would probably bet on Boston beating whoever the seventh seed is. Um, I mean, that's not really saying a lot, but I would I would bank on that. I think either I, – I would bank on Boston and Milwaukee making it to the Eastern Conference Finals, which actually now I think about it, that's not possible because they're going to play each other in the second round. 
um, if they do both make it. Um, I personally do not see Miami making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, I'm, I'm not there. Um, but I also could be wrong in that. But I would like if, if if I had to pick the finals right now for me, it's it's Milwaukee and Phoenix probably um, with a, an inkling yeah. of, of Boston maybe. But um, I also think like I wouldn't be shocked at all if Memphis surprises some people. That's what I was like, going to ask you. a deeper run this year. Right. Um, I actually I think they can beat uh, they can beat the Warriors. They'll they'll beat the Warriors. I think. I believe I think in them the Warriors. Some. What's tough is. Uh, like, and this is not to belittle them at all, but they have, like, their shooting is pretty suspect. And, and I right. think it's a way that you can kind of scheme against them. Not that it's, like, terrible. Like, Desmond Bain, obviously, really good. Um, they have some some quality shooters. But as we saw, like, when Boston played them, um, and again, like, not every team is the number one defense in the NBA, but they showed the, the method a little bit. Like, yes, if you go under every single ball screen that John Morant runs, like, he's going to get slipped through on some of them and get to the rim still. But – it's going to come down to whether or not he can hit hit shots off pull-ups and, and make the defense care. Um, because if, I mean, if you're able to just stay tight and force him to, to shoot and, and make it, and it's obviously not that minute and, and simple, but um, I, gonna... I do think that they could have some issues offensively later on, but their defense is legit. Like I, I, I believe in them making that they got the, the, um, the run that they needed last year to really kind of kickstart where they're going. Um, so I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if they make the Western Conference Finals, which sounds like no shit when you're talking about the second <laughs> seed overall. But I, right. I do think people are, are like I don't have nearly as much faith in Golden State as I think contemporary thought is right now. Like I, I really struggle to see how Clay is going to look in a playoff series, and that's I mean to to be fair, like the dude has been through hell and back with his injury status, and just finding any consistency on the court whatsoever has been a boon for him. But um, I mean, Draymond is obviously awesome, but I, again, I still like stuff is kind of weird with Steph. Like, yes, he's right. supposed to be back, but he hasn't played. Um, which but makes it. Oh, go yeah, ahead. No, I was going to say there's still uncertainty how if he'll be available for Game One. Um, I thought I saw that today. It's like, so yeah, I, like I can see them struggling to get through Denver, and then who knows what? Like, I think they lose. Like I said, I I do think they'll lose to Memphis for sure. And I'm right with you. With I think we're getting a rematch with the bucks and the Suns, yeah and, and it i feels got the, like it right for sure and I, I actually got the Suns winning it this time i had the Suns winning it last year too but um i'm kind of i'm kind of rooting for it just because i like to see cp3 get his ring i know a lot of people hate <laughs> chris paul because yeah. you know he's he's like he's like the cop of the nba but he's like but you know i, Wait, I, I so you don't want to see an all-time great you don't want to see chris paul get a ring you want to see campaign get a ring exactly yes somebody needs to do a sit down with campaign because like oh yeah for, i'll never forget watching him in in chicago and just being like what is happening here like i mean he got drafted by okc obviously and then came over to chicago but it's like i don't know man because that oh, shit i'm trying to remember doug it was the doug mcdermott trade right right yeah, yeah. so yeah. they traded Which they that traded feels top. like forever ago Man, that was just, that was just a bad. Yeah, so it was Taj, Taj and Doug, Gibson, for Doug and a second round pick for campaign. I was like, Gar tried to tell y'all. To Gar tried to tell y'all he knew what he was doing. Man, it just took some time. Oh yeah, <laughs> tried to tell you I do like I do like <laughs> like when he got here. Supposedly the entire co- like organizations like yeah, this guy's not an NBA player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apparently, that's what they said. So, but. I, you know, good for him for turning. Yeah, his he does have a hell of a story. Though. Like just to go yep. from out of the league into a playoff rotation and just 
like filling in for Chris Paul and looking good doing it. Just yeah, crazy story. Another thing with that Suns team, I think now officially you can say that's Devin Booker's team. Like he's Mm -hmm. like last season, you know, maybe there was a little, you know, Chris Paul is, you know, he's still very important. No no doubt. Chris Paul is still like they need Chris Paul to win it. But like, I think like Devin this year, he's taking that step where like, I feel like he's like, there's no question that he's an all NBA player. Mm -hmm. You know, he's um, both, he's playing two sides of the ball. Like you see everything about him. It's just like, yeah, I think Devin Booker has finally arrived. Like, yeah, last year he definitely, I would say he arrived, but there's no, like people could argue and debate it this season. I don't think there's any debate about it at all. Yeah. Um, I think what, um, what makes it interesting to me too, and why I have more faith in the Suns, like I really think that in some ways, Chris Paul being out was, was good for them. Um, yeah, like it kind of like McCall was having a, obviously a really damn dominant defensive season, but his offense kind of regressed earlier this year. Like, um, part of that is just like, you know, how the shot was falling for him, but also like he, he wasn't really, uh, finding his spots in a way that was, uh, like super endearing considering, I think this is what his fourth year. Um, and I was hoping to see more from him offensively, I think with Chris out and of course, you know, like with book missing time too you saw him step up and find more of his offensive game off the drive um, and just being a little bit more aggressive. I think you saw more from Aiton as well. Um, and you saw Booker. I, I, I feel just a little bit more confident. I still like, I probably, not that I'm lower on Booker, but I don't, I don't really believe in his passing to the level that I think some people do. Like he's such a good shot maker, but I also do like just his offensive process is more about scoring than setting up for others. Right. Um, but I believe more in like what their their surrounding group is outside of CP and, and Devin. So I think that makes me a, a lot more excited for what they can do in the playoffs too. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Final question before we wrap up here, because uh, I forgot to ask you when we were talking mm-hmm. about the playoffs for Zach. What do you see Zach? This is his first time in the playoffs. Um, obviously, he does have that knee issue, but he's going to get like a week before – uh, games resume so maybe that'll help him kind of re- re- recuperate and obviously in the playoffs you don't play back-to-backs um do you think that he's ready for the playoffs he's going to be um he's going to show out uh wh- what do you expect from him i mean he's as ready as he's ever going to be you know um i'm so interested to see how the bucks handle this matchup um like i imagine they're going to do a lot of switching because they tend to uh like i i would assume chris middleton's probably going to start on Demar and uh drew is going to start on on zach um i i'm just really interested because it like well again well i would not pick the bulls to win this series man you never know what the fuck could happen with zach and Demar. like if, if right. they just go nuclear um which i do think is entirely possible at least for a couple of games then that, that makes things interesting man um, right and I'm, I'm i mean i'm just excited for him and Demar both to get to the playoffs again and, and get this opportunity because I mean, like, I mean, obviously Zach's never been to the playoffs and I, th- I think he'll be good. Like he's the kind of performer who just doesn't really seem to get rattled by shit. Um, but I'm just excited for DeMar too. Cause like mm-hmm. I, I do, I'm, I'm hopeful that this year is different for him. Um, I do think people have been unfair to a degree and how things went for him in, in Toronto, but some of it is warranted too. Um, right. So uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm really excited to see what this group looks like in the playoffs and especially for Zach and DeMar. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, Zach seeing him in the playoffs, obviously. But, like, it, it's encouraging against top five defenses. Like, his efficiency remains ridiculously high. Like, 
there was a stat going around today, chart going on with like top players against top five defenses and his true shooting percentage is 61% still. So that's insanely good, you know, and I'm hoping DeMar can shut up a lot of people and just have a good playoff series. Even if like, obviously the Bulls are, are going to more than likely lose, but if just want DeMar to play well as well, you know, yeah. just so people just... can like crap on him because the Bulls lost and DeMar had, you know, a little bit of struggles and people would try to, you know, we told you so, we told you so type of nonsense. Yeah. Just, but, just give me like one memorable moment something win right. or loss just give me one memorable moment and i'm fine <laughs> right 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 but uh yeah mark thank you so much for joining us like i said you know you always make the time uh out of your busy schedule and we love having you uh please let our followers know or listeners know where they can follow you uh where they can find your work uh what you might have been working on uh recently that will be really good to read yeah i appreciate you guys having me on um it's always a blast to catch up um you can find me on twitter at mg underscore schindler um i just wrote well not just i guess this was last week uh i wrote about wendell carter i, I did a like a 20 minute sit down with him and uh just talked about his his life his career how things are going um his future in orlando how he feels about the team and everything and um that's probably my favorite thing i've done this year so that's my pin tweet right now and uh i'm pretty much always getting stuff out. i'll probably i'm almost definitely have some stuff out on this series actually I might write about pat wilford tomorrow because now my mind's really jogging about him and i've enjoyed watching him play recently um, but yeah, you can find me at, find me over there. I'm pretty active. All awesome, right, awesome. nice, nice, nice. Uh, Ed, uh, any final thoughts as we uh, wrap up? No, nah, man. Just thanks to Mark Schindler for uh, dropping by again. Always love talking to him. Uh, make sure you read his stuff. Always great stuff. Uh, that, man. Yeah, and uh, we'll see if the Bulls gonna do something in this playoff series. Uh, but no, I'm like <laughs> I'm, I'm like I said what Mark was talking about. I've kept perspective the whole season, even though we did end up kind of like in the spot where, you know, six seed, whatever, whatever. But it's still been an entertaining ride. Like, there's been a lot of fun times this season. There's been some really high highs, and, you know, it's been enjoyable. So, you know, regardless of the likely outcome of this, like, this has been a cool season. 100%. Yeah, you know, I've been down a lot in this, you know, post-All-Star part of the season. I've I've seen like a lot of things like, you know, like what Mark says, like, you know, mm-hmm. things happen and, you know, I, I'm, I'm like that. I'll say, yeah, I know there's a lot of variables involved, but there's nights that I'm just like, just really down bad about the team. Um, yeah, it happens. Like I said, I'm excited that they finally are in the playoffs. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. But yeah, that's a wrap for today's show. If you've missed any previous episodes, you can find us under the Barroom Network on all major and minor podcast platforms. Thank you again to Mark Schindler for joining us. And obviously, please go read all his work. Uh, give him a follow as well. And to the listeners, thank you again for tuning in. As always, for Edward Schuler and myself, till next time, Bulls fans. Peace.